Welcome to Neighborhood Church. To find out more about who we are, go to neighborhoodchurchmn.org. Enjoy the message. are she, her. I am both very excited to share with you today and also super nervous. Um, I would say, man, was it like six or eight months ago, Chris asked me if I would be willing to share. And um, that was not the first time Chris has asked me, but it was the first time I felt like I could say yes. So, um, and what he asked was that I would share about my journey a little bit. My faith has gone through a lot of changes over the past year. Nope, past 10 years. And um, he wanted me to share about that. And I think it's important for us to create spaces where we get to hear each other's stories. So I think in the last five weeks, I've done maybe six outlines of what I wanted to share and each one of them I would walk away from and come back and be like, that's not it. Um, and then I finally nailed it down and I was gonna share with you all about my values and how my values have changed and how I've grown into them. And my core, at the core of who I am, my values are that I am a truth teller, I am a justice seeker and I am a community builder. And let me tell you, this talk was glorious. So much to share with all of you. So much so that I had enough information for three talks. Yeah, yeah right? So, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so by Wednesday, I was kind of freaking out because I was timing myself in this talk and realizing there was no way that I was gonna get all of this information in in the time I had. And so like I'm reaching out to my, my people and you know, one of my dear friends is this chronic procrastinator. And she said to me, Melissa, this is beautiful because some of the best work happens like when it is just crammed into the last minute, you know? And so this has been a common joke between us and our friendship and it was her procrastination skills that like really helped light the fire. So um, I went back to the drawing board and revamped. And today, um, for this talk, I'm going to be talking about being a community builder and what that has looked like in my life um, and how that has changed over time. So um, community, for me and for my partner, Mike, has 
always looked very church-focused. Um, what we looked for um, in friendships and how we engaged with those around us became very focused around the church communities that we were a part of. And those communities, like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but like community is kind of this buzzword that goes around. And we're regularly trying to figure out new ways to do that and new ways to build community and engagement. Um, and in these circles that Mike and I were a part of, a lot of that was about coming into a specific space. So there was the church, and oftentimes, you know, you have other circles of engagement, like work or school, and the idea was you would make some of those friendships and bring them into a space where they were providing for a felt need, like a mom's group or a crafting circle or Bible studies, right? And all of those things were good, and we were creating some really good community and making some really great connections. The good thing, one of the good things about groups like that is that you walk into a space and you have an idea of how you already connect with the people that are there, right? So you're sharing some of the same beliefs, same belief structures. Um, maybe if it's a mom's group, right, you know, here's a bunch of ladies that get what it means to be a mama. Um, <clears throat> but as time went on for me, I began to realize that there were bigger things that these groups weren't quite answering for me. Um, and I started asking some questions. One of those questions, like, as an example, would be um, with the moms group, right? Why is it that if we have these friends in the community who are already a part of a moms group, why are we asking them to come into this space to create a mo another moms group? Right? I couldn't, it, it just wasn't enough for me anymore to create the space here. I wanted to be in my actual community. I wanted to be in the neighborhood where people were already doing this work and engaging with what was being done there. And the answers to those questions just were not meeting my felt, like just the just what was there, right? It just wasn't good enough answers for me. Um, and so those questions got bigger. And they just kind of sat there, and they um, festered a little bit. And then for other reasons, we ended up leaving that community. And what I really want to share about community that is focused in one area is that when we have put all of our eggs in one basket and we choose to set that basket down and walk away, wow. We leave it all behind and we walk away from something that maybe we had spent years pouring into and creating and something that at a time fit really well, but it for me, my story didn't grow with me. I was growing and changing, and it wasn't growing and changing with me. So I went from being very, very engaged to being very, very alone. Um, so what did I do? I was a stay-at-home mom with twins that were just getting ready to start school. 
And all of a sudden, I had all of this time, and like I just didn't know what to do with myself. Thankfully, I did have some friends who kind of, um, from lots of different circles, who came around me and just took care of me. My world got really, really small, and my engagements were really just with those women who held up a mirror and said, Melissa, this is who you are. Remember who you are. And it was times with those ladies that I began to remember who I was and the things that were important to me and why I loved community. And that I needed to find some place to create new community. And I had lots of time on my hands because now I wasn't helping with groups. I wasn't um, having hosting in our house all the time. Um, and so Mike and I began to try some new things. We took some community ed classes. We began to attend here at Neighborhood Church as well as at St. Mark's AME Church which is a historically black congregation in Duluth. Um, we got involved in an adoption support group and met some friends there. And um, we also engaged with a group called the Family Freedom Center in Duluth. And that gave Mike some really great opportunities to help with education um, and created some deep friendships for us. Also during that time, I took, um, I attended a conference on peace and justice, and slowly I began to realize there were some things inside of me that were beginning to bubble up, and I was discovering there were new values that mattered to who I was. This is where the, um, the, the justice seeker started coming into play, and I started like pushing into that and feeling that out a little bit. But the reason I'm sharing that with you, like that journey, is that that was the backdrop for um, just the next stage of rebuilding something, right? So I had something that was working really well, and then as I grew and changed, it didn't fit me as well. And then we walked out from it and had to begin to seek something new. And as we were seeking something new, I, you know, I would listen to NPR during the day, and um, I learned about the Charlottesville Unite the Right rally. And I had learned enough about justice and racism at this time that what I saw happening on the news was a repeating of our history, and it broke me. Um, and thankfully, we had started to build some community enough that online, on Facebook, someone had posted from one of our groups that there was gonna be a rally, a peace rally, at the CJM Memorial in Duluth. And so like, I was like, yes, truth teller, justice seeker, rising up. I'm like, that's what we're doing. And so that was actually our family's very first action 
in engagement towards peace and standing up for what we believe in publicly. And it was there that we met the Benton family, Gabrielle and Jarell Benton, who that relationship changed our family. Um, if you have been around, much, like if you've been around for a while, then you probably know that Mike and I have taught a class called Whiteness 101. And Gabrielle and Jarell graciously took us up on co-facilitating that class. Um, they were new to the area when we met them, so I was like, oh man, they are Southerners who just moved to the Northland, and it is fall, and they are in for a ride. And they both worked in education, and so they were gearing up for getting involved, getting into the school year. Plus, their kids were starting school, right? So that's like a lot of stuff. And, you know, because I'm the type of person that wants to make connection and, like, take care of those that I see need in, like, that was just something we offered, you know, some meals. And then over time, we just made connection through conversation and realized that our families actually had a lot in common, that both of our families were about justice, that both of our families cared about racial reconciliation. And we had a lot to learn from Gabrielle and Jarrell. And so that time that we spent with them, where they t came in and helped to co-facilitate that Whiteness 101 class with us, I learned so much. Um, and that friendship, like the thing I really want to share about that friendship is that the friendship itself created proximity, and it was with humility and with vulnerability on mine and Mark, Mike's part that we stepped into being really honest about the things we didn't know. If, you don't, if you're not familiar with our family, we've adopted transracially, so we have black children in our family, which means there are things that as a white mama, I just don't know. And Gabrielle came aside, aside to me and like lovingly taught and spoke into and continues to to this day. And they are like the Bentons are family to us because we all showed up, right? We all chose to show up in our community for something that we stand for. So here's my point, right? And why I want to share this part of being a community builder. It took time for me to figure out what my values were. This was over like a long stretch of time where I had to break down what I had been a part of, and then I needed to try something new. Now, if we're really fortunate, we have circles of community that will grow and change with us. Sometimes that doesn't happen, and we need to exit them or leave part of it and seek out community in new spaces. And that um, is overwhelming and scary, and it's okay. Um, it's okay when things are hard and when it's scary. And one of the little secrets that I figured out was like the more you do it, the less scarier it feels. And I am an introvert. Like I'm sitting here in front of you all sharing today 
as an introvert who struggles with social anxiety. My husband, bless him, is a, is a extrovert and also loves community. So like you can imagine, like he, he can speak to that anxiety within me and him sometimes having to literally pull me out the door to get me to do and try new things. And although I didn't always love everything that I tried, I am glad that we did it because of the relationships that we've walked away from some of those spaces with. So the other thing I want to say about doing things that are hard and difficult and different is that that action builds humility and resilience. And I think that probably we could all agree that right now our world needs people in it that are actively building humility and resilience. So I'm going to directly read from my notes here for this next part because I don't want to miss it. Um, so why community builder today here at Neighborhood Church? Why is that my focus? Because Neighborhood Church has experienced a lot of change in the last two and a half years. And then we heaped COVID on top of it. That's a lot of change, you guys. We have walked through a season where we have honed what we are not about. We know who we aren't anymore. And that's super valuable. But also during this time, we have gained the understanding that some of our values, things that we've always held, have taken center stage, right? We have put them more into a focus. We are an inclusive church. We care about justice and the marginalized and we take the Bible seriously. Clarification of your values is gold. And action matters. When we know what our values are, we can move into spaces that support those values. It takes vulnerability and it takes humility to show up into a new space and to say to someone, hey, I don't know you, but I think maybe we could be friends. Why don't we grab some coffee? Because I'll tell you what, that was the sweetest invitation I've received from a community. Here's the thing. Our community, our community at large, the Cloquet area, is already telling us what they are about. Um, they are telling us what they need, what the needs are. They're telling us how to show up, and they're telling us where to show up. We don't need to reinvent the wheel by creating something different. We just need to listen, and then we need to show up. And then we need to show up again, and then we need to show up again and again and again. And when Mike and I talk specifically about showing up within community spaces. What we are saying is, 
Find that space that intersects with your value that's already taking place in our community and show up so much that when your face is not there, people miss you. And they might not even know your name, right? But they can refer to you as the bald guy with the beard. <laughs> um, yeah, so we just, like, I want to encourage you all to show up. And now I know how deeply frightening that can be. Um, and how, like, maybe it would be easy to look at Melissa, who's sitting here and speaking to you today, who cares about justice and who cares about telling the truth um, and speaking true things to hard places. Yes, I care about those things, but I also understand Mike is not me. Chris is not me. Nita is not me. We all show up in the community in different ways, and our community needs that. So maybe you are the type of person that cares about creation, and you care about the creatures that are running all over the place. Let me tell you, right now, um, Cloquet is grieving the fact that we don't have an animal shelter. We've lost our animal shelter. And they're, they're organizing and they're talking about that. That's been on some of the social media pages. And so, like, if that's what you care about, get involved there because your community is telling you what they need and bring other like-minded people with you. Maybe you and your partner are working full-time jobs and you're raising kids right now and you're basically working, shoving food in kids' mouths and shuttling them to and from their activities. And maybe that activity is sports. So you've gotten very involved with the sporting community around you. I will tell you this. Right now we have a local community school that is dealing with a hazing incident. Those families need places to talk about the pain that took place, and they need people that are willing to say, what is good fun and what is assault? And I just really, like, I would encourage you, you've already created those relationships. Lean in to them. Or maybe it's immigration. Because you can't tell me that our brothers and sisters who are Haitian immigrants along our borders, who are experiencing pain and isolation right now, you can't tell me that hasn't touched your social media page on some, some form. What is your community saying about that? And how is that activating you into action? Because let's be really, really clear. Our values demand action. And when we form community at that intersection, it is deeply powerful and impactful. So in closing today, I would like to share a litany with you all. Um, from this book, Rally. Um, 
around the time of George Floyd's murder and shortly after, I began to realize that although I was a part of some really great areas of community, I was needing more support than I was receiving as somebody who cares deeply about justice and who is a truth teller. And I, w I just, I wasn't finding it. I was hearing from others who were active in the work who were telling me, you need to find some support. You need to find places to flesh that out and you need to be able to encourage other people and have them speak into you. And um, <clears throat> that was golden because also during that time, I did not want to be taxing my black friends who were dealing with trauma. And so I started to listen to, in some of the circles I was in, and I heard um, women who were women of faith also talking about this intersection of justice and how do we live our faith and talk honestly about areas of injustice in our world. And so I started to gather these ladies. And... Um, we started a group, and we meet once a week via Zoom, which is awesome because we've got a girl from Michigan and a couple down in the cities, so it's like we can be all over the place and still gather together. And the first thing we do is we read from this book, Rally, um, and it's, it says, Communal Prayers for Lovers of Jesus and Justice. And we start each meeting with a reading, a litany that we partake in together. And then we take some time for a for real check-in, which is a practice that I learned from one of those communities we tried out from the Family Freedom Center. And, you know, life is hard. And sometimes you just need people who care about you to hear what's going on. And so we take some time for, the, for people to share what, what is going on because we're here to hear you. And then we also go through um, a book. We want to hear voices of color who are also speaking about justice. And our first book we read and discussed was How to Fight Racism by Jamar Tisby. And then this fall, we're actually going to be reading Oshita Moore's book, Dear White Peacemakers. I'm so excited to get into this book. I've heard amazing things about it. And if you ever have the opportunity to hear Oshita speak, make space and time for that. Because she is a world changer. And she is about justice and um, about peacemaking. So... I'm going to invite my mom, Julie, to come up, and she's going to help lead us in a litany. If you would like to join us, um, please feel free, and you can stand if you'd like. Lord, you have shown us your ways of compassion and justice. Forgive us for being so caught up in our lives. Forgive us 
for not having eyes to see and closing them when we don't want to see. Forgive us for not having ears to hear and covering them when we do not want to hear. Forgive us for not knowing you, seeking you, and following you. Revive your church. Renew us and remake us in your image. Revive your church. Renew us so that we may point others to a new heaven and new earth. Jesus, you modeled sacrifice and love for neighbor. Deliver us from our anemic and self-focused faiths, faith practices. Deliver us from narcissism in our worship practices that center on us and not others. Deliver us from fear that keeps us from taking risks in order to serve our neighbor. Deliver us from apathy in our hearts towards those at the margins. Revive our church. Renew us and remake us in your image. Revive your church. Renew us so that we may point others to a new heaven and new earth. Holy Spirit, you promise to root, strengthen, and guide us. Fill us with courage to speak out and speak up when we feel weak. Fill us with assurance that you are working in ways we can't always see. Fill us with power to act and love and be the church you are making us to be. Fill us with wisdom of a gentle dove and a shrewd serpent that we may be effective. Revive your church. Renew us and remake us in your image. Revive your church. Renew us so that we may point others to a new heaven and new earth. Lord, you promised that you are coming back in your fullness to restore and renew. Help us to be made new now and at your full return. Help us to confess together, repent together, and hope together for the church. Help us to live into the reality that we serve a God who will make wrong things right. Help us point to the coming kingdom with our actions and lives. Revive your church. Renew us and remake us in your image. Revive your church. Renew us so that we may point others to a new heaven and a new earth. Amen.